Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Media Podcast Network. All right, everybody, it is Thursday, July 20th, 2023, and it is indeed a heck of a morning. We are live on the MA Fighting Twitter spaces. You can hear the show in its entirety shortly thereafter on the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network. Hello, everybody. I am Mike Heck. Hope everyone's having a wonderful week so far. We're on the eve of the eve of the UFC's return to London. UFC London going down this Saturday. Tom Aspinall back in the octagon in the main event, taking on Marcin Tybora. Meatball Molly is back against Julia Stoliarenko. And while that event... Shirley has some buzz in the UK and overseas, if you will, across the pond. That pales in comparison to all the news we have gotten over the last 18 to 20 hours, I would say. It was a very busy day in the mixed martial arts world, and we got some answers to some questions. Some we don't have all the answers to, but we do have some answers to some. Started off with a little bit of a bummer. We found out that Umar Nurmagomedov is out of the UFC Nashville main event against Corey Sanhagen. We weren't really sure why. And then we found out either late last night or this morning, depending on when you found it, on Umar's Instagram stories, revealed a shoulder injury. He says that some torn ligaments in his shoulder, so he is out of the fight. UFC actively looking for a replacement. I'm told there are some names in the mix, but nothing is done yet. Um, So we'll see what happens with that. Then we have been wondering what the hell is going on with Paulo Costa, right? What has been going on? And if you listen to the show on Tuesday... There are reports out there that Paula was out of the fight with Ikram Alaskarov at UFC 291 next Saturday. Reports are saying Roman Delize was in. I told you that was not the case. Delize, other plans are in the works for him, but he would not be fighting Ikram Alaskarov. Turns out the fight we should have been getting all along is the fight we're getting, at least as of right now, October UFC 294, Abu Dhabi. Paul Costa is going to welcome back Hamzat Shemaev to the octagon. It'll be Shemaev's first fight in 13 months. That fight is going down. This is the fight that should have been booked to begin with. 
And like I have been saying for months when it came to Paulo Costa and Iker Malasgaraf, until I saw Paulo Costa in Salt Lake City doing media day scrums and sitting his ass at the press conference, I did not believe that fight was happening for a second. Was I intrigued by the idea and the notion of that fight? Yeah, I was. But there, I just didn't see a world where that fight was actually going to take place. Turned out I was right. And turns out we're getting Costa versus Shamayev, which was the perfect fight to make to begin with. So that fight is going down in October. We also found out the main event for that card. We've all been wondering, who is Islam Makachev going to fight in Abu Dhabi? And it turns out he will be fighting Charles Oliveira. Now, a lot of people were stunned by this. Stunned by this. Oh, but Charles Oliveira said that he wasn't going to be ready for November or December. And what did I tell you? What did I tell you? Do not rule it out. Charles Oliveira has become very wise over the years. He knows how to play the game. This was possibly a negotiation tactic. And to quote the great Walter White from Breaking Bad, tell me something in this world that is not negotiable. And Charles Oliveira probably made a little bit more of a bag. I'm sure that bag of money he was getting to fight Islam to begin with is now heavier. And now Charles gets his rematch. At least that's what the UFC announced. Now, I will say this. We have seen this before. Hell, We've seen it with the conversation we've been that we're in the middle of right now. Sometimes the UFC will just announce a fight before it's all done, kind of puts some pressure on. Aljamain Sterling, perfect example with Sean O'Malley. Um, but it appears this is what we're going to get, and this is the right thing all along. As I told, as I said on Tuesday, my guess was Volkanovski would be the first choice if Volk had called the UFC and said, hey, I'm 100% in, send me the contract, I'm down. I think they would have went with him, but he just had the surgery. Looks like a six-week recovery before he can get back in the gym. It just seemed very unlikely that he was going to get that shot. And Oliveira seemed to be either 1B or number two on the list. Throw him a couple more bucks, he will make sure he's ready. And plus, I think Charles understands as well this, the shot could be gone. Like, if he didn't take it in this opportunity, he may not get another one because you best believe that Volk is going to be in play and that the winner of the Dustin Poirier-Justin Gaethje BMF title fight is probably next in line anyway. So, Oliver found a way to probably get himself an extra bit of a bag and gets his title shot, and everything seems to be working out in his favor. We also found out Ikram Alaskarov is fighting Nasruddin Imavov on that card. Fine fight. Um, probably wouldn't have been my first choice. I would have liked to have seen Nasruddin fight in Paris, but not going to happen. And Ikram gets his fight, fighting Imavov, and those are the first three fights for UFC 294 as of right now. So a lot going on in the world of mixed martial arts, craziness. So let's just get after this and hear what you all have to say about what's going on. Toke, we will begin with you, my man. How are you? Thank you. Yeah, we got the news that we all wanted. We wanted, or not all probably, but I wanted to see Chalky Olives fight Islam. It was the right choice. I'm happy that they found a common ground 
and uh, then Vogue gets to fight against Zaporia at some point, hopefully. I hope that's what we do. I th- things might be lining up. But, you know, in Abu Dhabi, usually, if I remember correctly, we get two title fights, normally. And I'm just wondering what, uh, like, because that's part of their deal somehow, uh, or it has been, I think. But anyways, they, they pay a lot of money. They might want two title fights on there. So I'm just curious what, uh, what fight you see that, uh, what title fight you see that could come up on that. And other than that, I'm just happy that, I mean, I would have liked Dana to say, yeah, Ikram Polo Costa was a play on our side, was never a thing, but he's not going to admit to that, obviously. But it's just funny to do this a week before the fight. He says, oh, yeah, we're moving them both to Abu Dhabi from their scheduled bout. Yeah, good. Good on you, Dana. Good on you. But anyways, that was, <laughs> that was basically it. Have a heck of a day, my man. Thanks, man. Well, I wonder if, you know, because well, we talked about this the other day as well. What other title fight could you put on this card right now? That really makes any sense. You're not going to do Leon versus Colby because that makes literally no sense. Everything else is either booked or just happened. So the only other one I think could be a possibility, and I don't know if it is, is maybe you give Amir Albazi his flyweight title shot, have him do it at Abu Dhabi. But Pantoja and Moreno just went to war for five rounds, so asking Pantoja to turn around that quickly... You're asking a lot. You're asking a lot. So I wonder if just Hamzat being in that spot is enough. And I think it probably is, honestly. You throw Hamzat in that spot, there's going to be a ton of buzz. You put Paul Costa in that spot, there's going to be a ton of buzz. Maybe that's enough along with the Islam fight. And I'm sure they're going to load that card with, with a bunch of crazy fights as well. So, yeah, that's, that's what we're getting. On top of that, one thing I forgot to mention, and I can't believe I forgot about this, we heard from the middleweight champion of the world, Israel Adesanya, last night. Adesanya goes on Instagram, or goes on social media, and says, look, I am fighting in Sydney, but it's not going to be against Strickland Duplessis. Sean Strickland, step up to the plate, you get your title shot. Now, I don't know if that's what's going to happen, but... As we've been talking about for a while, that was certainly an option. It makes sense. There's beef. There's history. And the the goal of this whole event is to have Israel Adesanya headline and fight. And I'd be stunned if Sean Strickland said no to this. So that's what's likely going to happen. But again, let me just reiterate how fucking stupid putting Robert Whitaker, Drinkus Duplessis on that UFC 290 card was in hindsight. It's so dumb. Like, did it make perhaps a bigger fight? Sure. But now we're not even getting it. Now we're going to have to wait even longer for it. And we have to just hope that Izzy goes out there and beats Sean. But you never know. There's the banana peel thing. Maybe Sean just has a great day and Izzy's off. Who knows? Who knows? But now, now look what we're doing. Now look what we're doing. That fight, which got even more buzz after UFC 290. We're going to have to wait probably until 2024 to get it. 
That's tough. That's tough. But, yeah, a lot going on right now. It's craziness. Four Corner Sports, you're waving like crazy. What's up? Oh, uh, hey, hey, Mike. Um, so, um, what's the, I, I said it before that uh, DDP shouldn't have taken the fight, and I think that was the right choice. But, um, I mean, Izzy can't really expect what's the call DDP to make that quick turnaround. Um, knowing that was the, knowing that the fight that him and Whitaker had, and I agree with you, it should have never happened whatsoever. Um, especially on International Fight Week, I think it should have happened on the the Jersey card or even the the Vancouver card. That would have made a lot more sense. But is he saying that he ended up blowing his knee and stuff like that? And I was, you know, telling other people that, you know, is he had you know a good amount of time to recover. Um, maybe not for the knee or anything like that, but definitely time to recover from um, absorbing shots from uh, Alex Pereira from April to now September. And for DDP to make a quick turnaround in, what, seven weeks? I mean, it's not really... I mean, it's possible, but, you know, why would DDP want to put himself in, in a position where, you know, he's a lesser version of, of himself than, you know, what he would be if he took the fight in, what, December or anything like that? Um, also, it makes me question because, you know, they, they went with Oliveira. I thought they would have went with Volkanovski for the, the Islam fight. Um, and if not, then I, I thought they would have went with Chandler. So is there any possibility that Chandler is still going to be on the sidelines, you know, for a potential McGregor fight? Because, you know, everybody keeps on saying, you know, possibly December, possibly December, if not, maybe what, January. But if that's, is that what's going to be in play for Chandler? Um, I don't know if you've heard or anything like that. I know you may not be able to say everything, but that's one thing that I I saw. I was like, hmm, Olivero. I thought they would have possibly went, like I said, Volkanovski, if not Chandler. But it made me really think, you know, what's going to happen with, uh, you know, Chandler and McGregor. And uh, lastly, you know, I saw a demographic of Costa, you know, the amount of fights he's had. He's had one fight every year since the year of, of 2018. And it makes me think, like, I don't know if he's going into his final fight of his contract, but who do you favor in the Hamza versus Costa matchup? And my personal opinion, I just feel that Costa is more in love with being a, a fighter in the UFC than actually fighting just because I don't know if it's, if it's, if it's him just trying to prize fight or anything like that. I mean, I know that Ikram Asgarov isn't the most, you know, sexiest name out there, and Hamza is a bigger name to have on your resume. But to me, it just felt like, you know, um, Paulo Costa, you know, rather have that clout as opposed to, you know, being an active fighter. That's all I got to say. Thanks. So uh, a lot to unpack there. Look, I- I've been saying for a while, I- I've- I'm cautiously optimistic that Connor does fight. And that we do get the Chandler fight. I'm not, I'm not worried about USADA and the, the pool and all of that. If the UFC, USADA works for the UFC. If the UFC wants to push Connor through, they will push him through to fight Michael Chandler. So I'm not, the USADA thing is not my worry at all. It's just, can Connor get through a training camp? Can he get through everything without getting into trouble? It just seems like he gets into trouble every other day. Every week there's a Connor headline for doing something crazy. You know, that's what it comes down to to me. Not the USADA pool. The UFC could just be like, no, 
we'll give them an exemption. They've done it before. Even Dana was, has said, you know, who gives a shit? <laughs> like, we'll I'm not too worried about it. So I would say Chucky getting this, this fight and not Chandler. I don't know. Probably boosts my optimism a little bit that that fight's going to happen. But again, when it comes to Conor McGregor, who the hell knows? With Costa, yeah, I think he's he's a businessman. He's understanding prize fighting. This is what it's all about. Get what you want, and who knows? He said he said he had one fight left in his deal. He's also said that he signed a new deal, or he's about to sign a new deal. He's going to make a million dollars a fight. Yada yada yada. Not sure if I believe that or not, but even if. Throwing Costa in there with Hamza Shemaev, it's the last fight on his deal. I think Shemaev is probably going to be a pretty sizable favorite in that fight. I would pick Hamza Shemaev. I mean, look, Luke Rockhold, who is nowhere near the championship level Luke Rockhold, the guy who beat Chris Weidman, Luke was able to get Paulo down and get on top and land shots. If Hamza does that to him, he's going to kill him. So, yeah, I don't know what the contract situation looks like. I am favoring Hamzat Shemaev, and if Hamzat wins, he's going to be in a really good position. That's for sure. It's just a matter of, is this the moment where things start to open up for Hamzat again? Where he's not fighting just once a year. Can he, can he get in there two or three times? But he's going to be in a real interesting spot if he goes out there and beats Paulo Costa and... I'm a little trepidatious. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. We get two guys who are very tough to get in that octagon. And I'm kind of, I feel good about it. But again, this is one of those situations where until I see both guys there, they weigh in, they do the face-offs and all that. I'm not 100% on anything that has to do with these two guys. But I feel better about this than the Alaskara fight. Mikey, hello. Hey, morning, Mikey. How's everybody doing? Listen, can we just... Slow down with the overreaction. Listen, I get how it sucks right now because they got in the cage and all that stuff, but I think it's perfectly fine to let the Drakus Duplessis Israel Adesanya fight marinate for a minute. Yes, I know there's the risk of, you know, Sean Strickland by some miracle of by some miracle beating Israel Adesanya, but you know what? That's sports, man. Sometimes best laid plans. I personally don't mind because the UFC middleweight division was becoming, was reaching that point where it's like, because you know how you MMA fans, some of you MMA fans like to do. It's funny. You guys need to pick a lane, man. Either the UFC rushes everything or they let stuff marinate. Because if Duplessis and Adesanya fought in Sydney and then he wipes out the Duplessis like we expect, then people are going to be like, who's left for Adesanya to fight? Should he go up to 205? So I kind of like this better because, again, obviously it's not pro wrestling and can't fix stuff, but... If things go align, it will be more perfect. You can uh, Adesanya gets both things he wants, right? He gets to fight in Sydney, but he gets to fight somebody else, which is Strickland. So he gets to have a showcase title defense in Sydney, and then you allow the buildup to to Driscus at International Fight Week. And you know the funny thing is, Adesanya has the has thought out loud that he wants to headline a card here in Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. Now, I'm not sure the UFC is ever going to do this for International Fight Week, but I'll tell you what, man, you load up a card. 
what better way to have UFC 300, right? To put that in Allegiant Stadium next year in 2024 and have that be Driscus, Adesanya, and maybe Connor? Yeah, I know Connor will. I don't know if, you know, we talk about what Connor main events every pay per view, but you know what? Exceptions can be made. I'm sure he wouldn't mind just being part of a giant card like UFC 300. I'm not saying any things are going to happen, but I'm just saying MMA fans need to exercise their patience. They're either too impatient or they don't want patience. It's like, it's fine. And if there's some, you know, a hiccup along the way, like Strickland winning the title, eh, it is what it is. That's the sport. It happens. At the end of the day, if there's enough meat to a rivalry, we're going to get it anyway. I mean, people forget Rampage Jackson and Rashad Evans were supposed to fight. Remember when Rampage Jackson were supposed to fight for the title in 2009, but Leota Machida knocked out Rashad Evans? But yet Rampage Jackson and Rashad Evans ended up fighting like a year later anyway after coaching tough for no title, and it still did a million pay-per-view buys. At the end of the day, if there's a rivalry, if there's meat there, people will watch it, title or no title. Just saying. And as for Kobe, Kobe Covington and Leon might be on MSG, right? Which is kind of cool. It'll be cool for Leon, but kind of annoying how Kobe keeps getting MSG because he's not a draw. And also, who do you think should step up to fight Corey? So, all right. As always, be kind to one another. Talk to you later. I mean, I don't know if you could say Colby's not a draw. He's headlined MSG and did pretty sizable gates there. So, I mean, is he like a pay-per-view draw? Is he a million pay-per-view guy? Probably not. But is he a guy that could sell tickets to to a building for a fight? Yeah. Even a rematch that nobody was really hankering for, for being honest. So, yeah, I – Look, he's and he's not selling tickets. He's the co- he'll be the co-main event to John Jones. I mean, that's that's a fucking that's a crazy card. That's a one-two punch and a half right there with those two guys. Um, it's tough to say. Like, I get where you're coming from with the patience and all that, but look, all of this this whole thing with Drickus was to build to this fight with Adesanya, and you're right. Adesanya has wiped out a lot of this division. There are guys he has, there are only a couple of guys that are in position he hasn't fought yet. But guess what? Now you have another guy potentially. Because I hate to tell you, if Hamza Shemaev runs over Paulo Costa and cuts a promo, the UFC is a business. And as much as DDP and Izzy have a rivalry, and as much as that is peaked, you best believe that people are going to be calling into the show on Tuesday after UFC 294 and saying, fuck DDP, give it to Hamzad. And then where do we go from there? And by the way, Hamzad is the bigger fight. It's the bigger fight by a lot. It's not even close. That is, a, that is probably the biggest fight you can make for Izzy right now. If Hamza runs over Paulo Costa, there's just no avoiding it then. He's going to have to fight this guy. And DDP gets kind of left on the sidelines. On the other hand, the UFC puts you in a position and they will sit there and say certain things. For instance, Robin Whitaker, Drinkus Duplessis are fighting. The winner of that is going to fight for the belt against Israel Adesanya. That was the plan the UFC wanted from Jump Street. Did we question it? Sure. But was it the plan the UFC wanted all along? Yes. And now that plan has fallen apart. 
How is the UFC going to respond to that? Are they going to look fondly towards DDP? Does DDP have a little extra leverage in this situation? Sure, but that leverage goes away if Hamza Shamaya beats Paulo Costa. It's just a fact. So it's a different situation, yes. Is it rushed to have Aljamain Sterling fight Sean O'Malley three months after beating Henry Cejudo? Yes. Like, could we have waited for that fight? Sure. Was it promised that it was going to happen in Boston before they booked the fight? No, but they promised this. They promised this. Dana said this is the winner is fighting Izzy and Sydney. And now it's not happening. And we understand why. Because DDP is a human being. You get hurt. You get in fights. You're probably going to get dinged up a little bit. There's training camps. Those are tough too. But when the UFC puts you in this position and they feel like you've let them down, they have penalized fighters for this. So to be a little head scratchy about the situation and feel like some of the hype has gone away, I think it's a pretty natural reaction because there's precedent set. So, look, this is what I, t- this is what I figured was going to happen anyways. Like, don't promise us this fight. Like, just throw Strickland in there. If we're going to do the A-boost fight for Sean and he wins, just give him the title shot. Just say, like, look, is he going to fight Strickland? The winner will fight Drickus in 2024. Just, just say that. Just say that that's the plan. And then none of this is a problem. But you didn't. You didn't do that. And Izzy was still under the impression that he was going to fight DDP and Sydney. Go watch his interview that he did on his channel. The beginning is, hey, who wants to win tickets to watch me fight Drinkus Duplus C in Sydney? <laughs> so it's a whole weird situation. As far as Sanhagen goes, I don't know, man. Not a ton of options. From what, I, from what I understand, there's rumblings. I mean, do, please do not say that I'm reporting anything. Uh, there are discussions to possibly get Rob Font in there, but far from done. I mean, far from done. Um, those are just like, those are ideas. It's like an idea that's being put out there. But Rob is scheduled to fight in Boston against Song Yudong. And yes, Corey Sandhagen is a nice step up, but Rob is very smart, very calculated. His team is like that as well. And the dude wants to fight in Boston. I mean, that, that's just it. He wants to fight in Boston. Wants to fight in his hometown. They haven't been to Boston in four years, almost. The dude wants to fight in Boston. So could, again, could the UFC come up with extra money, extra incentive? Sure, they could do that. Um, do I think it happens? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, what I'm saying is not like a shocking revelation. You would think like font was kind of the first choice here, right? It's the best name that makes sense. that's actually available, but you've seen on Twitter, Adrian Yanez has been wanting that fight. I don't know what they're going to do. Honestly, I don't know what they're going to do. Do you try to like chuck a Ricky Simone in there coming off of a bad loss? I don't know what kind of cachet that fight provides. We already saw Corey fight Song Yudong. We saw Corey fight Marlon Vera. I already beat both those guys. 
I don't know. We'll see. Let's get Eric in here. Eric, what's up, man? And I can't wait for Charles. I think Charles deserved that. Uh, that is, what do you think is going to happen in the second fight between the first fight they have? Well, with uh, Islam and Charles? Yeah. What's going to change? Thanks, guys. Um, not much, really. Look, I, I think Charles is, is a great fighter. He may be the most action-packed fighter we've ever seen compete inside the octagon, especially this run. But the old adage and cliche is styles makes fights, and this is a sh- just a horrible matchup for Charles. It's just not good. And even when I picked Charles, and this is, that was a heart pick, it was only because I can't pick against him anymore because every time I pick against Charles, he proves me wrong. And I'm not going to pick against him again until he loses. But as I said in the lead into the first fight, everything on paper screamed that Islam was going to kill him. Just had every advantage over him that Charles can try to make things chaotic, but it doesn't really work on Islam because the dude is just so calculated and defensively sound. There just isn't a lot that Charles can do that is going to pose a huge threat to Islam. There's this whole narrative heading in like, well, Islam takes him down. Charles off of his back is just going to be way too much for him. I just didn't think that was the case at all. So I just don't think this – I mean, who knows? Who knows? Maybe Charles just taps into that fountain of youth again and can pull off a – can pull out a moment, can survive the storm. But I just – I just don't see a world where that fight goes any differently. But good for Charles to get a shot, and I hope he got a bag. Good for him. Remember heading into that fight with Darius? We were like, oh, man, it's got to take something extra special for him to get back to this rematch where people are going to want to see it, where the UFC is going to want to see it. And the man went out there and did it. But be careful what you wish for. You just might get it. But, yeah, I I think Islam is probably going to go out there and finish him again. We'll see. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombe makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. 
It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Dylan. Hey, this is coming on the heels of the last call, but man, I woke up this morning and saw the news that Charles is fighting Islam, and I almost rolled my eyes out of my head, dude. Like, I don't. I, everything you just said about the fight, I 100% agree with. I think Islam's just going to ragdoll Charles again. The last fight wasn't competitive; it was less than a year ago. But what I'm so disappointed about is like, why? Why can't? Like, I don't like the excuse that no one's going to be ready in time. Like, like, like Gaethje and Poirier won't be ready. That would be a plausible choice. Like, you don't have to go with any of these guys. Like, why can't Armin Sarukin get the next shot? Like, you have, it's like, stop promoting power slap for a second. Put that force behind him. Let people, like, get people to know him. He's never going to get, like, a great win because no one wants to fight him. So, like, you have the power of Disney and ESPN behind you. You can make people care about that fight. Their last fight was amazing. It's It was awesome, and it was short notice. Like, there's a story behind it. I just, like, I would rather see that fight, but it's just so – I'm just tired of people saying, like, that can't happen or something. It has to be a big name or something. Like, uh, I was – I'm sorry. I'm just ranting, but I was so disappointed in the news. Sorry, Mike. Uh, I'll let you talk if you want. <laughs> Bye. No, nah, I hear you. And even DC, I think he put out a video recently. It's like when you find out who Islam's fighting, you're going to roll your eyes. Um, but this is kind of what we wanted. Dana said after, not what we wanted, but this is what Dana said. UFC 289, Charles beats Dariush, said the rematch makes sense. He wants to see it. This is what's there. I mean, I, I would take this fight over Volk. I'd take it over Volk. Like, I know we would have seen them both, and I know the Volk fight was closer, but... I just want to see these guys fight their respective divisional counterparts for a little while. And Charles is just the only dude there right now. I mean, look, Sarukian, I don't need to talk about how high I, I think of Armin Sarukian. That dude is going to fight for a belt. He's probably going to be a champion at some point. But yeah, that's the problem. He just has nobody to fight right now. So hopefully... Armin gets on that card and fights Dariush. And then he can get his shot. But I wonder how things would look if he had headlined against Hanato Moicano and just, if he just went out there and trucked him, would we be, would Sarukin be so far out of the equation? But he beat Joaquin Silva, got wobbled in that fight pretty badly, went out there and just said F this and finished him in the third round. Dude's a problem, but that's the thing about this division. There's just, it's so big name top heavy that these younger up and coming guys are just not getting their opportunities. Now, Gamrock got his and he lost to Dariush. Vazeev got his, lost to Justin Gaethje. Now let's give good old Sarukian his shot. Let's give Armin his chance. 
Throw him in there with Benny. See what happens. Benny beats him. Maybe Benny can somehow – I don't think Benny's ever going to get a title shot, but he could somehow get himself back in the conversation. And if Sarukian beats Benny, then there we go. We had a rematch we could sell. But if this was any other – if they weren't going to Abu Dhabi, I think Sarukian would probably have more of a chance. But I think they want to just get his, the, the biggest names possible. They're paying the UFC a lot of money to, to host these cards and give them the big names and the big stars. And Charles is one of the big stars right now. So he's a much bigger star than Sarukian. And Sarukian's a pretty uh, – Sarukian's a really interesting guy. So he'll get his chance hopefully eventually. But Sarukian needs to fight on this card is what I'm trying to tell you. He needs to fight a ranked guy, someone in the top five to seven range at, at worst. CV, hello. Hey, Mike. Heck of a morning. Um, so since we got all these recent, recent um, main event uh, announcements um, – so we got the light lightweight belt being defended in October, and heavyweight belt getting defended in November. Uh, and you mentioned Leon and Colby, possibly a co-main event at the MSG card. Can you kind of speculate on what do you think will be like the last main event of the year? Um, maybe like a light heavyweight vacant belt again, like last year. But I don't know. That's probably going to depend on how uh, Blahovich and Pereira ends next. Uh, weekend and uh one more thing um not really a question but i just saw your interview with uh josiah harrell and that was a great interview man and i hope we get to see that guy fight in the octagon soon thanks thanks man it was nice to to knock the rust off i don't do like a ton of interviews anymore because of all the shows and everything else going on we have the mma hour and damon does a ton of interviews so i just not really in a huge position to do a ton anymore but yeah, that was that was some interview. Um, that was some conversation. So if you haven't watched it, go go check it out. Um, I mean, you have to think that they're in a perfect world. It's Connor Chandler closing out the year because I think the UFC owes the fans <laughs> for last year's crappy end of year pay per view event. So I think that's going to be what they look at. I'm with you maybe on the light heavyweight one if they can't get it together, but I think Alex Pereira is going to have to win. Yuri versus Alex Pereira is friggin' insane. And there's a story there. Makes sense. I don't think they're going to have Jan Blahovich headline another end-of-year pay-per-view if they could avoid it, even though, you know, it's... I don't know. I, like, again, that, that fight with um, Anka Live was not as bad as Dana would lead you to believe that it was. It was an interesting fight. Jan just kind of banged banged up Ankalaev early, and Ankalaev did what he had to do to come back and win the – or at least force a draw and not lose the fight. But, yeah, it's tough to say right now. It's Everything's kind of up in the air. We got – I'm just kind of looking at what's available for title fights. It's certainly, they're not going to headline Juliana, with Juliana Pena Raquel Pennington. But that could be like a second title fight if you need it. Could be a third title fight for November. And we'll see what happens at Bantamweight. Maybe we'll have to crown a new champion at Bantamweight. 
Because if Aljo beats Sean O'Malley, he's probably vacating the belt. And if Sean O'Malley wins, they're probably going to want him on that card against whoever. Maybe he could do Volkanovski, Ilya Tapori on that card. I mean, there, there will be options there. But it will all depend on what's going on with, with Connor and Chandler. You would think that's their first choice, but they will have other options if, if they can't get that one together. Uh, let's go to Cole. What's up, Cole? Hello, Mike. Um, beautiful morning out here in nice Golden Valley Country Club, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, all I got to say is I really enjoyed Juliana Pena's appearance on the MMA Hour yesterday. I love the fire. I'm actually a – might be a hot take, but I'm a big fan of Juliana recently. I mean, despite the, the Nunez slander, but um, uh, being that I'm – lucky enough to go attend UFC Nashville. I'm a little worried about the main event. Luckily, my favorite fighter is still in the main event, but I just like, I want your thought. I kind of missed your opening monologue, so I might have missed it, but like, what are your thoughts on who might step in? I think it's either going to be Cruz, Font, or Jonathan Martinez. What do you think about those three? I don't think it'll be Martinez. Cruz would be a good one. Cruz would be a good one. I'd love to see that. If they could somehow pull that off, that'd be pretty cool. But we're um, there. There's there are reports that there's talks about him Cruz fighting Davis and Figueredo. I think I saw November for that. Uh, from what I was told, there's some smoke to those reports. But to say that fight is is done would be just not good. Um, it's far from done from what I understand. But um, when I saw that report, obviously we reached out. Um, I think it came out like during U- UFC 290 fight week. But apparently that fight has been discussed. Now, I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but that fight has been discussed. But is Cruz going to fight, turn around and fight in two and a half weeks? I don't know. He, Cruz just doesn't seem like that type of cat at this point in his career. I feel like the UFC is going to do everything in their power to try to get Rob Font in there. I just think that that's, that's something you could do, and it's an opponent that Corey hasn't fought yet, and Rob is scheduled to fight around that same timeline. Now, you're asking a guy that was supposed to fight three rounds in his home city, something he's been jacked about, since the card was announced. And now you're asking him to go five. He was preparing for a totally different guy. It's a lot. And Rob is a, like I've said, those cartel guys, they are like the New England Patriots. They study everything. They're very meticulous. There's game plans and document everything. There's plan. They have like a big multi-pronged thing in place for all of these fights they prepare for. So it's probably going to take some doing to get Rob off that card in Boston. But it is an opportunity for Rob. It's definitely a bigger opportunity than fighting Song Yidong, but sometimes just fighting in your home building means more in some respects. So I don't know. I don't know. But I think the UFC is going to try to full-court press for Rob, and if they get him, great. If not... They'll probably find somebody else, but wouldn't some be if 
you know, if Rob says, nah, I'm good, I wouldn't mind seeing Sanhagen fight Adrian Yanez. I mean, be fun for as long as it lasts, but I don't know. It's just, it's just a tough spot to be in because Corey's been around. He's fought all these guys. I, and I like Jonathan Martinez. Don't get me wrong. But he's not a guy that's going to put butts in seats. He's not going to get extra viewership on ABC. We call him the silence behind the violence for a reason. He's very shy and soft-spoken and good fighter, but not a guy that you could push to be like a big star. Let me look at like I just don't know. I don't know how you I don't know how they're going to pull it off, but let me see other names. Like Ricky Simone was another name. I think he would obviously take it. They could pull Cody Garbrandt from Boston. That's a name. I could see that being an option. I mean, it's a big step up for Cody right now, considering where he's at in his career. But if Cody wants to fight for a belt ever again, these opportunities don't come very often. Now, what will Cody gain more from? Beating Mario Batista on the prelims of a UFC pay-per-view event or getting in there and scrapping it up with Corey Sanhagen in the main event two weeks earlier? So I, I think Garbrandt's a, a good, not a bad option, now that I think of it. Yeah, I kind of like the Garbrandt idea. Maybe that's the one. Maybe that's the right answer. At worst, it's a showcase fight for Corey, and Corey gets to put a, a another former champion or a former champ on his resume. I think you could lose. I think you could afford to lose Garbrandt Batista from two ninety two over Font Yadong, if we're being honest. Maybe you swap in Pedro. Mu I don't know. Vera's got a fight at 292, so you probably can't pull Pedro Munoz at this point. Yeah, I think Cody's a good option. I like that pick. I like that option. JSTAT, hello. You too. Um, what is your low-key banger for this Saturday's car? And uh, yeah, that'd be all. Low-key banger. I mean... I'm going to just take a look. I, off the top of my head, this one seems kind of obvious, but I just want to make sure I'm not missing anything. It's Davy Grant, Daniel Marcos. That's, that's the one. I know it's the, like the prelim headliner, but that's, that's the fight. That fight's going to be insane. Absolutely insane. Daniel's got a good record, man. Like, he's come in and looked real good. He's finishing dudes and had a nice debut. But Davey's like, man, Davey's, Davey's just so tough. Dude is so tough. And if you look at the last five or so fights of Davey Grant's run, Jonathan Martinez, Marlon Vera, Adrian Yanez, Louis Smolka, you know, it is what it is. And then Rafael Asuncao, this is probably a step back for him. 
in terms of quality of opponent. And by far, for Daniel Marcos, this is the toughest fight of his career. Like, it's no, not even close. But that fight's going to be insane. So I'll probably go with that one. Danny Roberts, Johnny Parsons is going to be wild. And it could be the prettiest fight, but it's going to be pretty wild. Mm, I mean, Lerone Murphy, Josh Koulibau is not really a low-key banger because it's on the main card, but that's going to be fun. There's potential for Jai Herbert for his IM to be fun, but if Jai Herbert wants to just win, then I don't think it's going to be all that exciting. I don't think this – if Jai just wants to go out there and get a win – He's probably going to have to take Ferez down a bunch. So that could be fun. And, you know, the rest of the main card's interesting. We got Mooney's and Craig. Who the hell knows what's going to happen there? Nathaniel Wood, Andre Feely is a good fight. Main events, interesting, but feel like that's a really good matchup for Tommy Aspinall. So this is good booking. And I don't understand the Molly McCann, Julius Stolyarenko fight for the life of me. I don't get it. Why are we doing this at 125? Like, Julia Stoliarenko struggles to make 135. We saw her faint on the freaking scale fighting at 135. And now we're putting her in a co-main event spot against one of the bigger names on the card. It's just, I don't understand the matchmaking here. This one I don't get. I don't... If Stoliarenko makes 126, like, she's going to be dying when she gets into that fight. So that's a weird one for me, but there's potential for a lot of fun fights on this card. This is a closely matched fight card for the most part, but there's just not a lot of stakes outside of the main events and just the fighters who are fighting in front of their home crowd. But there, I think it's going to be a fun afternoon of fights. There's just not going to be a lot to talk about afterwards, I don't think, outside of the main event. Uh, Daniel, hello. Hey, Mike. Heck of a morning to you. Um, I guess I'll just make you expand here just a little bit on the Craig Moonies fight. Um, it's just pretty cool, I guess, seeing Paul Craig go down to 185. I'm pretty interested to see it. Um, I mean, the guy never really had too much fat on him to begin with, so you have to think he's uh, – He's going to be he's going to be looking quite in shape there, but really just more curious how you think the fight's going to play out. Um, I mean, it's just going to be two grapplers going up against each other. I mean, what are the chances Paul Craig submits Andre Muniz and like Andre Muniz is now on a two fight submission losing streak? I mean, I would have never I think seen that in his career. So uh, yeah, just curious what you think is going to happen in the fight, how it plays out, and uh, what do you think a winner loss could do for the winner here? Thanks, Mike. I think the win probably does more for Paul Craig right now because he's sort of the new name in the division. And if he goes out there and just if he goes out there and just strangles Andre Muniz, like that's massive for him. It seems like Paul Craig's like a like a darling dog this week. A lot of people seem to be backing him as an underdog play. I don't know. It's tough to say. Like the lines are right the way I'm looking at it right now. Andre Muniz minus 210. That's about right. I think Muniz is the better striker. He's probably the better grappler overall, but Paul's going to be bigger. And he's so wild. I don't know. 
it's tough to like have an actual breakdown of this fight because I think Muniz is slightly better everywhere. But Craig overall has just fought really good guys and up at 205, so he's going to be the bigger dude. How is the weight cut going to affect Paul? There's a lot of unknowns and a lot of intangibles. It's a fight that I probably wouldn't bet on. Just one of those like sit back and relax kind of fights, but I lean Muniz to get it done. And I think the longer this one goes, the more it could favor Paul Craig, but when you got two guys like that, when Paul Craig fights anybody, it's just it's so unknown. <laughs> it's just so chaotic and weird. But I I kind of like Muniz in this spot, but it's it's tough to bet on anything having to do with a guy like Paul Craig because he's just so wild. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Let's go to Drew. What's up, Drew? Hey, what's up, Mike? Called in the other day. I just want to say, love the show. Thanks, man. Got a quick question here. Since Nganu left, you know, we got the guys coming back, Donnie Bones, and now Stipe. So I view Stipe kind of taking opportunities away from guys like Pavlovich. Obviously, we got Don and Spivak fighting in September. But what are your thoughts if Ospinal wins the main event? Maybe an Ospinal-Pavlovich title eliminator for the winner of Miocic-Jones? Just a preposition. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. We got Jailton Almeida fighting Curtis Blades a week before UFC 295. So I think that's going to have some significance on this conversation. Timing is going to have a lot to do with things. And it kind of we kind of have to wait and see, man, like how this is all going to work. Because I feel pretty confident that if John Jones wins, he's just going to leave. I don't think he's going to retire, but I think he's going to just sit around and wait for something to come along. I don't think Sergey Pavlovich is going to do it for him, even though I think it's a fight that John could win pretty handily. But I just don't know if the juice is worth the squeeze there, honestly, unless it's just about, well, I want to break all the records. But to me, it's just everything John's saying, it just seems like beating the guy who has the most title defenses would be enough for him. And John is a prize fighter as well. It's, he wants big fights. He wants big names. And as good as Sergey Pavlovich has looked, that is not a big name. That is not a name that's going to get John Jones excited. So maybe you do Aspinall. 
Pavlovich. Maybe you wait and see. Like, Jansen Almeida goes out there and just works Curtis Blades. I mean, this is the one, right? We're all... A lot of people are ready to crown Jilton Almeida as the dude, but a lot of people are... The other side, people are hesitant because they want to see him go up against an offensive opportunistic grappler and a well-rounded guy who can handle really good grappling. So Curtis Blades is, is really good matchmaking to get the answers to those questions. So I think we're going to have to kind of wait and see. This is going to be a marathon, not a sprint. But I think we're, we'll, we'll figure it out after the Almeida-Curtis Blades fight. Because if Almeida wins and, and finishes Curtis, if he just suffocates Curtis Blades like he's done to everybody else, he's going to get – he's going to be ahead, I think. I think they'll look at – I think they'll look at Jailton Almeida and Sergey Pavlovich and Aspinall will probably be like another win away. Look, beating Marching Tibor is great, but it's not enough. So – Maybe they do Aspinall versus the winner of the Cyril Gon Sergey Spivak fight. This is kind of the on deck batter fight. But I think we have to wait and see how all these other fights play out first. But Tom beating Marching Tibor is great, but I don't know if it's going to be enough for him to jump to the top of that list. He'll be right there, he'll be knocking on the door, but. The injury and, and him being out and how that privilege, uh, the the Blades fight went, you know, it, awkward or not, I don't think that really did him a lot of favors. So he's probably going to have to win another one before we can start talking about that, at least in my opinion. I could be wrong, but maybe they're going to London with the pay-per-view and the title's vacant. Not a bad way to, to crown a new champion if you're going back to London. Max, hello. Hello, Mike. How you been, brother? Good. What's up? Beauty. Uh, I don't know. I just hopped in the chat here kind of late. I apologize. But I was just wondering uh, who you think is going to replace uh, Umar uh, Nurmagomedov versus Corey. Uh, I was looking through the top 10, and it's looking pretty tough right now in terms of, like, who's around or who could actually replace them. And, uh, yeah, like, I think maybe Adrian Yanez. But uh, what chance do you think you'd have in that type of fight? It's obviously, uh, you know, a tough fight with Corey being so dynamic. So, uh yeah, just uh, let me know your thoughts on that, and I'd love to hear it. Thanks, brother. Take care. I don't think Giannis is – I mean, maybe he's in play. I know he wants it. And why the hell not after coming off a pretty bad loss? I think the UFC is going to target Rob Font. I think that's – I've heard that there are discussions, at least, with that idea. Um, again, please don't say, like, Mike Hex reporting that they're going to do this. No, I ain't reporting shit. There are discussions. That's all I can say. We're far from done uh, but that's obvious. Like Rob has to be in play. Rob is the first choice right now. He's got a fight booked around the same time. It's the highest ranked dude that Corey hasn't fought. It would make sense to pull Rob from the pay-per-view and have him fight Corey Sandhagen. However, Rob is fighting in Boston and they haven't been to Boston in four years. We know how much fighting at the garden means to Rob. He's got a tough fight, different dynamic, different style that he's been preparing for. Three-round fight. Now he's bumping to, potentially bumping to five. Like, there's a lot in play here. You know, and, and Rob is a very calculated dude. His whole team is like that. When Piotr Jan and Aljamain, remember when Piotr Jan and Aljamain Sterling were going to fight in Abu Dhabi? And Sterling couldn't go and they needed to replace him for an interim title? They called Rob. 
They called Rob. He just wasn't going to be ready in time. If he's going to get a title shot, he wants to do it his way and be ready for it. So, I don't know. Could be that. The other name I threw out, I think Cody Garbrandt is, is a name. Is it the most compelling matchup of all time? No. Is it compelling storyline-wise in some respects? Yeah. Can you imagine if Cody Garbrandt goes out there and beats Corey Sandhagen? Like, that'd be freaking insane. And to me, if because apparently we're going to have the Ultimate Fighter finale fights on the Boston card, if I have to choose, if I am a tickets purchaser, if you will, for a pay-per-view event, the return to Boston, where Dana White is from, if I had to lose one, of, one fight off of this card from 135, are we losing Rob Font, Song Yidong, or are we losing Cody Garbrandt, Mario Batista? I think it's the latter. I think it's an easy choice. And Cody is a name. Cody is a name. A guy who still feels like he could, he could get back to his glory. And honestly, if he wants to get there sooner rather than later, this would be a great opportunity for him. To try, he might get melted, but he might get melted by Mario Batista. These opportunities don't come very often. If I'm Cody, I'm talking to his team and saying, hey, try to get me in that fight. Fighting in Boston don't mean shit to Cody Garbrandt. Fighting in Boston means everything to Rob Font. So that's another name that I would like to see. Yanez would be interesting. I don't think anyone would complain if they went with Yanez. But I think Cody is a good one. He's a former champion. He's got name value. He's got cachet, whether he's hasn't been at his best the last few years or not. He's coming off of a win. Wasn't the prettiest win, but he is coming off of a win nonetheless. I don't think that's a bad choice. I don't think it's a bad choice. Four on sniper. Hello. Hey, Mike, can you hear me? Yep. Hey, heck of a morning. Real quick for you. If uh, both Lerone Murphy and Nathaniel Wood go out there and get the win, uh, do you think the UFC go back to rebooking that, or do you think they move on from that? That's it, Mike. Thanks. Well, they posted that video of them meeting in the hotel and having words for one another. And we know the UFC loves to book a good rivalry and promote the crap out of it. So yeah, I think they would try to rebook it. My guess would be they'll probably try to go back to London in March. If both guys want to wait for that, they can do it there. I don't think they would try to book that fight anywhere else. So yeah, I think they could rebook that one. There's some heat there. Let's try to settle it. P hello. Hey, what's going on? Sorry, I've man. got tickets to Nashville. I am concerned as hell about this event. <laughs> and I am just curious as to what you think about Ricky Simone as an option or even Cruz. Because I, I did just kind of hop in late, so I don't know if you've already discussed that. But, yeah, I'm just curious as to what you think about Ricky or Dominic as an option for a replacement. Appreciate you. So we, we talked about Ricky a little bit. He's at least ranked. And... I think this is something he would do. Ricky's a big 35er, though. He's not like, he's not a small dude. So, I don't know. Maybe. I don't think he's, I don't think Ricky Simone is like one of the top five choices, honestly. I really don't. But I could see it. Cruz would be great. But I just don't know Cruz is going to turn around that fast. 
again, there's reports and there, there have been discussions nowhere near done. So again, I'm prefacing, don't be like, oh, Mike Hexing this. It was reported during UFC 290 fight week that the UFC is working on Dominic Cruz versus Davis and Figueredo. And from what I understand, that fight has been discussed. Not done, not agreed upon, nothing. But when we reached out and asked about it, it was being discussed. So if Cruz is going to fight, I believe that fight was in November. So if Cruz is going to fight, is, is trying to fight in November, is he going to want to turn around in two and a half weeks and fight Corey Sanhagen? I don't know. I don't know if at this point in Cruz's run that he's going to want to do that. I would love that fight. I would love that fight. If I, if I could pick anybody, it would probably be Cruz. I just don't think it's realistic. I just don't think – I think Rob Font is way more realistic if the UFC comes correct. And I'm telling you, I think Cody Garbrandt is a, per, is a good name. It's a good name for this spot. 292 doesn't lose a – it loses a name, but not a – not one that like me has heavy significance to that card. I think Garbrandt's a good option. Honestly, I think Font will be their first choice, but I think Garbrandt who's scheduled to fight two weeks after that in a three round fight against Mario Batista. I honestly, if I'm, if I'm Cody Garbrandt, I am calling my manager. I am calling the UFC. I'm telling my coaches, give me this fight. Give it to me. And I think Corey fighting anybody on this card is going to give him favor. Let me look at the rest of this card. Jessica Andrade, Tatiana Suarez, is that... Could that carry as a headliner? We've seen worse. Jacoby Anchichuk was a great fight. Tanner Bozer, Alexa Kamer. Bahamandes, Ladova Klein. Jesus, that's a banger. Gavin Tucker, back against Diego Lopez. Banger. Ode Osborne, Asu Almabayev. Good fight. Billy Q, Damon Jackson, banger. Uh, I don't love OSPU on Kutalaba. Jeremiah Wells, Carlson Harris is a banger. Jake Hadley, Cody Durden's a banger. I think just Jesse Butler might be in some trouble. He's stepping in to fight Sean Woodson. And then we got Hyoni Barcelos versus Kyler Phillips in that card. That's a pretty good card. I don't know. I don't think we're getting Cruz. It'd be sick if we did. Because I think that's a fight that fans for the last... Since, since Corey Sanhagen's entered the UFC, we got to watch him flow around in there, his movement, his style. I think we've all sort of pinpointed at some point we want to see those two guys fight each other. This might be the best chance to get it, but if I'm Dominic Cruz, is the juice worth the squeeze to turn around that quickly? I don't know. I would guess we're going to have an answer to that question in the next few days. Maybe they'll announce it on the broadcast on Saturday. Maybe we figure it out before that. I don't know. But I'm curious to see how it all works. So, all right, last call. Last call for calls. And then we got to go because we got BTL today. Uh, it's going to be a fun BTL. We're going to do a, uh, a fan... We're going back to the old Q&A this week. It'll be Jed and myself. It's a lot to talk about. So we'll just let you all sort of control the narrative there. 12.30 p.m. Eastern. And we'll take one more question here, and then we'll take more questions on BTL. DC Betts, hello. 
Hey, what's up, Mike? I'm usually calling you from uh, Southern California, but I'm over here in uh, Hinesville, Georgia, because my sister's having a baby. I'm out here fishing out of the lake right now, and it's muggy as hell. Yeah, it is, um, man. I'm not that far from you, so. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. That's why, that's why I mentioned it. Um, so uh, a lot of people took all the questions that I wanted to ask, but what would you have made uh, the co-main for this weekend's card? I'll give you that. Thank you, brother. Have a heck of a morning. Mm, probably I would have put Molly in that spot. I just wouldn't have put her against Stoliarenko. The fight I wanted, and I don't know, like the timing wouldn't have worked, but the fight I wanted was Molly McCann versus Jason Jastavizius. I still think that fight could happen. But the, I mean, literally, it didn't matter. It, it doesn't matter who Molly fights. It really doesn't. She got her big. She got her big test with Aaron Blanchfield. We know what Molly McCann is. She's a fun fighter. She should be fighting in London as much as possible, and she should be fighting people she should be able to beat. And I'm not saying she can't beat Julia Soliorenko. Soliorenko does present some issues that Molly's going to have to deal with. But again, doing this fight at 125 makes no sense. I just don't know if Julia can make the weight. But you could have thrown her in there with anybody. You could have thrown her in there with, I don't know, Victoria Leonardo or, I don't know, Maria Agapova or somebody like that. Someone who will make the, someone who will make the weight that we're not worried about. But Molly would be, I would put Molly in the co-main event for sure. On that card, Leading into, and I would give her somebody that she'd be like a minus 700 favorite over. Someone she'd go out there and finish. Leading into Tommy Aspinall, his return, crowd's going to be insane. But yeah, I, I, Molly should be in the main event. I question the matchmaking, especially someone who can barely make 135, trying to have her make 125. I just don't know. Seems very risky to me, but... There you go. All right, we're done, everybody. Thank you so much. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll do it again. If you want to join us live, you can join us live here on the Twitter spaces, 10 a.m. Eastern tomorrow. I think the UFC London weigh-ins will be wrapped and packed by then. So we'll see. Maybe Julia Soliorenko makes 124. Maybe she makes weight, no problem. Maybe she weighs 129 and Molly says, F it, I'll fight her anyways. But maybe Soliorenko's 134 and the fight's off. I don't know. But we'll react to all that. It's free for all Friday. We'll have a good time leading into UFC London. So thank you all very much. Appreciate all the questions. More questions to be answered tomorrow right here on Heck of a Morning. Appreciate you all very much. We'll see you then. Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. 
Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.